Welcome to the Who That Kiss Podcast. Welcome to the Who That Kiss Podcast. It's your boy RK rocking with And we are both exhausted gentlemen's right now. That is that is a real thing. Gentlemen's. Um I guess we're gonna just finally summer summarize our uh top five most disliked teams in the NFL by the Saints uh that we did when we pulled a number of different sports writers for the Saints and uh, podcast personalities. Um, it seems at the moment that we have a lot of people taking our ideas and running with them. And uh, I don't feel as jaded as you, Justin, but <laughs> at, at the, for, the, for the sake of just putting that out there, for all those that are listening to these ideas, remember where you heard it first and give us a little love. Just a little. You ain't got to give us a lot. Just... Just give us a nudge, or here's an idea: include us. Say, "Hey, Ryan, Justin, why don't you join us?" That'd be something that we that we might be into. But, uh, anyways, you got anything to add to that, Justin? Yeah, you know, just just give us a kiss, man. <laughs> keep it simple. It's it's real easy. Just keep it simple. Include us. It's, uh, you know, the Hudat family is the best family there is. They 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 tend to put their arms around people. So, put your arms around. I'm not. I'm not one to kind of be too overly competitive or, or petty with things like this, but I just feel like if if you're gonna, you know, take an idea that you hear, just gotta shout the person out that that inspired you or whatever else for that idea. Even if you change the idea and make it your own, it's still you gotta you gotta source it a little bit. Like I remember, I, I just saw the other day on a on a radio interview. I forget who it was now, but. Uh, they they were talking about Jaday being clowning. Mike, Saints, De- you're talking about Mike Dettelier. Yeah. And yeah, then, he uh, shot out Nader. They they, they shot out Nader. Yeah. That's kind of cool, and Nader appreciated that. Of course. Because um, Nader was the first one to break the news, right? Hundred so, percent. It'd be cool if that happened to us. We're, we're we're not big time. Nader, Nader's big time. He's getting the the love that he needs, and he got because he's doing his job the right way. And we're just trying to do this on the side and have fun with it. And if we can get a shout out, that would make our day, man. So next time you. You guys like an idea we have? Just give us a hey. These guys in Canada had this pretty cool idea. Here's what it is, and uh, run with it that way. But give us some love. That's all we're asking. Yeah, but on on that note, we uh basically what we did for those that are just tuning into this podcast and want to listen to all the other ones, we interviewed a bunch of people. So we re- interviewed the Saints ha- the Saints Happy Hour people. We got Ralph Marlboro and Andrew Juge uh, from Loudstream Nola. We interviewed Nader Murphick. Uh, from the Spun, Chris Rosvoglu, uh, New Orleans Football, Nick Underhill, uh, Walk with Elias, formerly of Hudak Confessional, also a honorary member of the Hudak Kiss family. Uh, we already had that discussion. Mr. Elias J. Williams, that's with two L's, don't forget it. Uh, from Locked On Saints, our homie, the hardest working man in the business, the guy who shows us love all the time, Mr. Ross Jackson. My homie over at Sports Illustrated, John Hendricks. From The Athletic, both Catherine Terrell and Larry Holder. I guess I should say Cat Terrell because she don't go by Catherine. Um, Cat Terrell and Larry Holder. And then us. So we had a, we had a full week. Uh, we busted our tails and got through it. And we basically found out everybody except Nick Underhill gave us teams. <laughs> so on Nick Underhill's, you'll see five through one, he hates the Falcons. <laughs> And that's just because he likes the Saints. So if you like the Saints, you hate the Falcons. That's just how it goes. Um, but uh, I'll run them down. From the Saints happy hour, no surprises really with the teams that were chose, um, chosen. It was the Seattle Seahawks at five, Rams, Vikings, Niners at two, and then the Falcons. That was for Ralph Marlboro. And he liked the KC Chiefs. For Andrew Juge, really a couple surprises for me, but... Uh, the Niners were at five, Rams at four, Carolina at three, Washington Redskins at two, and Atlanta Falcons at one. And he was a Tennessee fan. So what jumped out of you? What jumped out there for you, uh, Justin, from the Saints half hour guys? Uh, well, Washington showing up kind of got me, but then his rationale for it was interesting because of where he grew up, right? So yeah, uh, that made sense for everything that was 
than that, like, they're all pretty understandable, I guess. Like, you know, two NFC South teams there, and the Lancer being one and both, but Carolina sticking out, which is a commonality with me. The Rams both the four for them. So they, they had a lot of similarities in terms of what they're going after uh, because of, you know, past, you know, experiences against the teams or the, the arrival of, of, of ours, I guess, at that point. So, yeah, I... Um, yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't really understand uh, L.A. Rams hate. Um, that wasn't one that kind of sits with me. Like, I feel like we have, we've given, we've, got, we've gotten the best of L.A. Um, as Saints fans, especially the last 20 years. And, uh, yeah, the, obviously, no, the no, the, yeah, the, the no call, the no call, but you're not mad at the Rams for that. The Rams didn't do anything. Like, the Rams played the game the way they were supposed to play the game. Like, I don't get... I'm not mad at the players. That's a stupid thing to be mad at. Like, Nickel Rope... Put it this way, okay? Side note. We're getting a little bit off track, but there was a... When we're in the free free agent mar- market looking for a corner, and people were talking about bringing in Nickel Kobe Rob, uh, Roby Coleman, and I was like, yeah, bring him in. And everybody went nuts on Twitter, you know, because a couple people had suggested that. And I'm like, what are you upset about? This guy plays the game. If he was a saint and did that... Like, we'd all be cheering and happy, and, you know, it's a smart play. He detached the guy from the ball. Now, should the ref have done their job and blown the whistle, thrown a flag? Yes. But that's not his job. His job is to play the game. And especially as a corner, your job is hard. And he was make, making up space for somebody else. So, like, at the end of the day, I'm not mad at the Rams. Who cares? I actually think this. I think also the fact that it, Drew Brees stuff happened in LA too. And yeah, whatever. It's I, I think I think one of the better rationales will come to that we'll, we'll hear about right away is, is Chris Russell his rationale before it was awesome. Yeah, but you know what? If you hate the Rams for for that, then you have to hate Andrews Pete because Andrews Pete's the reason why Drew Brees got his thumb broken. And at the end of the day, we went five and zero with Drew out. We learned we learned that Sean Payton is still an offensive genius, and it got Teddy thirty million. So it was a win 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 win, and it kept Drew healthy. You know what I mean? So, it I, is. I think, Go ahead. I think like I think it's the like the past you know couple games that we played Rams. We haven't we haven't beat them right. Like they they beat us last year because of the well, we, we beat we beat them in the shootout. Right, the shootout when when Michael Thomas made Marcus Peters oh, yeah, cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like yeah, they're 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 two they're two and one against us in the last little bit. So what? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Three out of four losses, right? So they kind of got our number a little bit. Yeah, but okay. I stand corrected. I just. Yeah. <laughs> it's an epic moment in the history. Yeah. Um, you want to read off the next couple? Yeah, yeah. So Nader came on, and after his enlightening story about uh, Roddy White. Use a hoe. And the 15 bills. <laughs> having Dallas up there that one stuck out to me and I was like that's awesome wicked Saints fans hate Cowboys fans that's just a real thing Against the Eagles.
Well, and they went through a lot of pain as well, which he mentioned, right? Like the Bills have, yeah. they've had a lot of tough losses, so they're they're synonymous, analogous, I guess you could say, <laughs> as the Saints. Um, yeah, yeah, I, li- I like Chris's. I like Chris's rundown. I, I didn't like the New England Patriots. I don't really like having too many AFC teams on this because at the end of the day, AFC teams don't really hurt us. We've been to yeah. one. We've been once been one to one Super Bowl and we won it. So. Um, Yeah, the yellow. Well, let's let's talk about Elias is here. We'll, we'll we'll just talk about it together. So Elias at Cincinnati Bengals at five, the yeah. Tennessee Titans at four, the Chargers at three, the Redskins at two, and the Cleveland Browns at one, and then he also cheered for the Baltimore Ravens. Now the Bengals at five, I just felt like that's just like beating up the little kid at school because they're just so bad. You yeah. know what I mean? Like even when they were good, they were bad. They were like the first exit in the playoffs every year for five years. Like, they just... It, it was a sad affair, state of affairs for the Bengals. So I don't know how you can hate on them. I think it's because... Remember you mentioned that who they versus who that? Yeah, no, I, I got it. I, 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 I heard it, but I'm just saying, it's just... It's so weak. Like, they're so weak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elias being a bully. Um, the Titans? Yeah, I don't like... The, I've never liked the Titans. Like, even when Javon Curse was back there. I'm not... I'm not a... I always, I always hated the Titans, so... I get it. They don't really hurt the Saints ever, so... Um, the Chargers, I love the Chargers personally because the fortune of the Saints has changed for the better because of that inept front office. We got Darren Sproles and Drew Brees, and I'm, there's one more I'm missing. But we got those two. And those two are because the Chargers were just too stupid to keep them. So, thank you. Wait, what is it? Spano? Is that, is that, who, is that who owns them? Good job, Spano. Stick to real estate, buddy. Um, and then the Washington Redskins again at number two. That was a surprise one for me because I always think the Redskins are just so bad. But you know what? The fact they won't change that name, Elias said, I'm with it, hundred percent. Let's talk about that really quick. So in the news today, and yesterday, um, FedEx basically said we're not going to provide our sponsorship to the Washington Redskins until they change the name. And Nike took all of the Washington Redskins um, memorabilia, apparel, everything off the website. And now they're and now they're waiting for PepsiCo to also remove their sponsorship. So there's a lot of pressure on this. And I remember you had sent me a text saying Patrick Mahomes just said he'll never play another down for the Kansas City Chiefs unless they change the name. And I was like, I thought to myself, I was like, what a big blank move. You know what I mean? Like just what a huge move for like the face of the league to stand up and say something like that. Now we found out that the the tweet was false, but. But nonetheless, I just it just got me thinking about how much power that you actually have to have to actually infect some of this change. And people say, well, you can't do it because of, you know, jerseys and, and T-shirts and hoodies and stuff like that. Well, I don't know if you know this. It's happened in our lifetime. The Washington sure. Bullets got changed from the Washington Bullets to the Washington Wizards because Bullets had a violent undertone. So they changed the entire, an NBA's entire team they got merchandise, they got jerseys, and they change it from the Bullets to the Wizards overnight. Yeah. So you can't tell me that the Cleveland Indians, the Atlanta Braves, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the disgusting Washington Redskins can't talk about, at least start talking about changing the name. And up here in Canada, the Edmonton Eskimos are also now in talks with yeah, that's with, uh, yeah, that's that's communities up north in the, yeah. in the Inuit to change their name now too a little bit. So yeah, that's that's changing. That's already that the move the moves are already in, in place for that changing. Like that's going to be changing in the next couple of years. Yeah, but um. But yeah, no. So, so the Redskins, they I've seen a couple names kind of you know put out. I saw the uh, Warriors. Uh, I saw the Warriors, which I thought would work. Yeah, and then I also saw the Red Tails. Okay. They were an Afri- or an African American flying group in the military. Okay. Well, that'd be that'd be uh, apt for the time that we're going through right now. Yeah, I think that was a good good option. That seems to be kind of you know catching traction a bit. And I also saw the Sentinels from. I forget the movie reference now. Is it is it? Uh, replacements. Yeah, the replacements. There you go. Sorry, I was just going to mention that. I almost called something else. And then the last one I saw today was the Washington Generals, which is. Well, 
they don't, either, they don't, they'll never, they'll never ever select that because that's a, that's the team that plays the Harlem Globetrotters, and they yeah. and they always lose. So uh, that'd be. A, the Globetrotters are open to letting them negotiate with them about that too, considering it would be a, a change for the better. That would, but that would be such a dumb name to go with the team that's never ever allowed to win against the Globetrotters. That's just such bad <laughs> karma. Like uh, we're. <laughs> Oh man! Kind of fitting in some cases, I guess. Oh yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, anyways, I like Elias's team. Uh, Elias's yeah. breakdown. It was different. It was unique. Just like you, just like Elias's. Elias is a super unique dude. So, um, that that's pretty awesome. Uh, locked on Saints, Mr. Ross Jackson. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings at five. The Niners at four. The Rams at three. The Cowboys at two. And the Falcons at one. That is pretty chalk. All yeah, the way through, like that's sure. that I can, you can move some of those teams up and down if you really wanted to, but everything made sense to me. And then he chose for the Buffalo Bills, like Chris. So uh, yeah, that one was easy. What you got next for John? Uh, John Hendricks came in with the Forty Nineers at five, the Bears at four, Vikings, Cowboys, Falcons, and uh, he's got Ravens down on the side as well, which is kind of cool because that popped up a lot. So our thinking isn't. Uh, too extreme being Ravens followers as well. Yeah, it was interesting to see him have Chicago on there. Like I, it's like the opposite of recency. What's the opposite of a recency bias? Um, um historical. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, like basically, we had a situation where Chicago took our heart out. You know what I mean? Like they did. They really took our heart out and and took two thousand six away from us when we had a chance in two thousand six. We really did. That team was pretty good. And it would have been awesome to see what would have happened if they made the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, nonetheless, we didn't. Reggie Bush was stupid and pissed off Brian Urlacher, and I'll never forget that. That's a play that will sit in my mind when I'm 91 years old and I can't even remember my name. I'll probably remember that play because that really pissed me off. Um, I'd be like, Reggie, why? Just get in the end zone and shut up. Jeez, momentum is on our side. Um, and then we think about that too. Like you would have played Peyton Manning in that year. Yeah. And then I think they had a much better team in '06 than they did in '09. Obviously the Colts, but you would have played Peyton Manning that year and hadn't had a chance to meet him again in '09, which would be kind of kind of a, a way to measure Drew Brees against Peyton Manning even more. So like, obviously had to had he got the ring, but if you did it twice, all of a sudden that, and then you take away one from Peyton. Now he only has one at the end of his career in Denver. And, and, uh, man, it could change the whole course of, of any quarterback conversation, right? So. And it's it's just so crazy, Justin. If you think about how close the Saints have been to Super Bowls oh. since 06. 06, they yeah. were close. 09, we got there. 2010, we were close. 2011, we were close. Like, like, 2011, we're hosting after we beat the Niners because the Giants are coming to yeah. us. You know what I mean? Yeah. 2000 and, um, 2017, 18, 19, all Super Bowl-ready teams you know what I mean and I guess you can't put 2019 because we we didn't get out of wildcard weekend but uh, we won 13 games man if that's not a Super Bowl contender I don't really anyways yeah if you throw that one away that's still five five chances we had to get a ring yeah on top of the one we had so there's like there's some sort of like a lengthened destiny you know a little bit there so it would yeah, and and it'd be like, it'd be really nice if Drew gets to get it this year. It really would. Yeah, that's like icing yeah, on the cake. So. See, see, that's what the Bears do. The Bears bring us back to that moment, and now I understand why John had him on. Oh, uh, yeah, he he said it, and I was like, "Yep." Um, then we got really lucky. We got uh, the Athletics Larry Holder, who we've been reading for a long time. He he joined us and was was just super wicked. You know, more or less. And uh, he gave us his list, and he had Washington at five, New York Jets at four, Cleveland Browns at three, L.A. Chargers at two, and then he had a tie at one. He had 1A Atlanta Falcons, 1B Chicago Bears. So let's talk about his list here. What, what, what sticks out to you on his list? The Jets kind of randomly being there was interesting. I forget his rationale for it, but I, I, I can imagine because they're not just a great run organization, I'm guessing, but... Charges that too sticks out to me, like yeah. like that's crazy, like to hate the charges like Elias at three and and Larry at two, 
that's a weird one that I, I don't really ever see, but I'm like, wicked, all the power to you. That's that's where that's where we're at. That's good. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, and then he was a Houston Texans fan. Uh, he's a Houston Texans fan as well. Yeah, so he mentioned was it was I crazy or did he mention that he's not really like a fan fan of the Saints? Did I hear that right or did I hear that right or is I thought he said something like that, and I was I I, t- I took a double take, and I was like, huh. But um, we're gonna have him on again. That'd be hard to write about and not and not be fully invested in. I'm gonna listen to it again, and then if he said something like that, we're gonna question him next time we have him on. We're gonna have him on again. Yeah. Um, what did Cat have, Just? She she started out at five, but she had a soft five though, because she she was being far too kind on a Sunday night. She didn't want to want to make it on that. She went with five, being Detroit Lions, four Pittsburgh, three the Patriots, two the Vikings, and one the Falcons. And I guess, and she had a hard time getting those last three together. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we kind of made it by default, you know, one being Atlanta. So she had she had tough time getting the last two together, I guess. But uh, I guess the Pittsburgh thing because she worked in Cincinnati for for a bit there and covered the team. I guess that makes sense because she felt the rivalry that way, but. Um, yeah, and her favorite team was Cincinnati in the end, I guess, because of uh, of her job. But also, now that Joe Burrow's going there, too, she's a big LSU fan. Yeah. So it makes sense totally to have Cincinnati up, up there as her favorite team outside the Saints. I think, let's let's talk about Cincinnati really quick. I think Cincinnati's going to be decent this year. Like, that roster, if you think about it, the receivers that they got, they got T. Higgins, John Ross, and A.J. Green, and, and Tyler Boyd. That's yeah. four really good receivers that you're giving to... A new play caller, you know, a second-year coach, and a stud quarterback. Like, people don't realize how good Joe Burrow is. Joe Burrow is very, very good at football. So now you give him these four weapons that are boss weapons. I'm very... And Giovanni Bernard in the back, in the backfield with with Mixon. I feel like that team is going to... They're going to surprise some teams. Like you need to, you need to think because now seven seven teams get into the playoffs. This yeah. this could be a year that Cincinnati gets in the playoffs with a rookie quarterback. I'm not joking, because yeah, I could see them beating Pittsburgh. I don't think Pittsburgh's very good next year. No. So Pittsburgh's not very good. Baltimore's going to be good. Cleveland's going to be better. You know, all the hype that was on Cleveland last year is going to be warranted this year because they're all going to be together for a bit. That's, I think the, the AFC North might be one of the tougher divisions this year. Yeah, well, look, even last year, Cincinnati almost beat Baltimore. And, and they weren't even playing football anymore at that point. And they almost beat you know, a 14-2 team. I think it was like week 14 or 15 of the season. They, they were within a few points, and they lost at the end. I think they, they had a chance on fourth down to win it. And, and then with Andy Dalton back at that point, I think he missed the throw to, to win the game. Andy so, Dalton being Andy Dalton. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Oh, he'll, um, be, he'll be the starter there by week four. <laughs> I can see it. I can see it. Um, but yeah, no, Cincinnati, man. Like, if they can go four and two next year in the division, I think I think they can probably kind of sneak in. Like, they'll, they'll be, what, five more wins from that? No, if dude, if, if, they go, if they go three and three in the division, they are firmly in, like, the, the realm of uh, a playoff team because... You have to think seven teams. That means like a team that's like eight and eight, seven and nine, nine and seven at best is, is sneaking into the playoffs most years. You yeah. know what I mean? So they're gonna have a chance. They're gonna be right there. In my opinion. That's interesting. Yeah, it's in my opinion. Um, yeah, and playoff man, kind of pumped about that a little bit. It's, yeah. It's gonna make something weird happen in the playoffs each year now. I love it. 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 And then uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you about yours, and you tell me about mine, Justin. So, Justin, you had Seattle Seahawks at five. And I'm guessing it's because of all the trauma that we've had to uh, to go through with uh, with the Seahawks just ripping our heart out with Beastquake and the Marcus Colston back pass and uh, Carroll popping his gum on the sidelines. Just all of it is just, it's just brutal. Um, so I'm with you. I actually thought you'd put Seattle higher. Um, as you see on mine, you'll, well, you'll talk with me in a second, but... Uh, number four, you had Carolina. I I didn't understand how people put Carolina on their list, but your explanation was perfect. 
and I actually spit my drink out during the podcast and laughed because it was awesome because you said, I'm so sick of Cam Newton taking that extra second on his knee in the huddle. And I'm just like... Oh. Every day to this moment. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. It was just awesome. And then three San Francisco 49ers, they, much like the Seattle Seahawks, um, took away... 2011 from us and I think 2011 was one of the best teams in the history of the NFL in fact that that might be I'd have to do my research on this but that might be the best team in the NFL in NFL history never to win a Super Bowl that 2011 team all the records they broke offensively you know some of the breaks that they got defensively the scores that they put up I can't even remember how many 40 burgers we had that year, but it was a lot. Um, so, yeah, Vernon Davis crying. I'm with you, man. That that just haunts me. Yeah, uh, forever and for always, man. Uh, and then number two, you have the Minnesota Vikings, and I can't fault you because at the end of the day, the miracle and how shitty those people were after winning and then going you know, in the next week and get, getting stomped by the Eagles... It's just like Viking fans don't realize how bad they are. Like, we can say we beat you in the playoffs, and then we went and won a Super Bowl. What do you guys win? You guys beat us, and then you do nothing with it. Yeah. So just shut up. You, you, you advanced. Yeah, you advanced. Yeah, you got a worse draft pick, and you advanced one weekend, and then got you got embarrassed. So just, like, stop. It's just annoying. They're actually just... Uh, I'm with you. I, I get so annoyed with Vikings fans, probably because we're so close, but... And then one, you had Atlanta Falcons. And uh, there's not much to say there. Yeah. And we, we shared uh, four of the same teams on our list, too. Yeah. Uh, you, you kind of had a 1A, 1B situation at your, at your top with uh, Seattle being your 1A. Yeah. And Atlanta being your 1B. Uh, yeah. You, yeah, the, the reasoning behind all that is that Atlanta, to me, is still little brother. You know what I mean? I know they got the all-time series, but that was when we were shitty. Since we've been good, we got that record. You know what I mean? I, I, what is our record against the Falcons, you think, since 2006? Uh, hold on, so that's, I, I've seen that recently. I can't remember, but so that's 14 seasons, 28 games. And, and when we played them, have we played them in the playoffs? No, we have not. Okay, so, so, so we're, 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 we're probably like, are we 19 and 9? I, I, I'm guessing. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, but all I know is that we've won that. That's a good research, a good research project okay, yeah. for us. I'm going to jump on that right now. Okay. Um, but yeah, so their little brother. Seattle hurts my heart. Um, I felt like Beastquake. You know, this one you shouldn't gamble on your team. I bet money on it. So it was tough. <laughs> and I just don't forget that. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I bet against the Saints. <laughs> I've done I, it a couple times. I don't think I, 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 I can't do it. I can't, I can't press end. Or even up just like on a little, like up, up here in Canada, we have like the, the pro line where you go to like 7 11 and kind of, you know, can bet on three games at once. I, I sometimes throw the rival on just to kind of, because they have, usually have better odds too on the money line. I kind of just throw them on just, just to kind of see what would happen if. I will never bet against the Saints. I'll sooner not bet. Like I just, I can't do it. Like I, I'm proud of you. I can't do it. Yeah. Because even if 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 my bet wins, I'm gonna be sour as hell. <laughs> I know that's a struggle, right? Yeah. But, uh, but I'd rather have the Saints lose and I win money than the Saints lose and I don't win any money. 
I'm a weird guy, man. When the Saints lose, I don't care about money. I don't care about anything. I'm just salty. Yeah, I'll tell you this right now. In, in, the, in the past 10 years, the Saints are 12-8 and eight against the Falcons. 12-8? and eight. Yeah, in the 2010, they're 12-8. Well. Which isn't, which isn't only 6%, so it's not, it's not exceptionally lopsided. You're still winning 6 out of 10. In, in, in the 2000s, so in, in the past 20 years, if you want to go back 20 years, 25 and 15 for the Saints. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Something in that realm. I know that we were uh, we're beating the piss out of them. Yeah. yeah. So, it is what it is. Um, so, yeah. You, so you, you had Green Bay at five, and, and the Aaron Rodgers comparison, that kind of always bothers you to no end. So, I, I got that one. At Dallas, you just can't, you can't stand Dallas. Sometimes you were in Dallas for a game, and, and you had to wear the jersey and all that stuff after the... the uh. and, <laughs> so, those reasonings obviously make sense. Um but then we, we, we both chose, as we said before, the, the Ravens, and I think it's uh, a, you know, a direct nod to John Harbaugh and the job he's done all his whole tenure in there. Like they've been a perennial contender, no matter who's throwing the ball, who's running the ball, who's playing defense. Uh, and they build well, they draft well, and uh, they're just kind of very similar to the Saints and what they do. And they only have one Super Bowl in the past 15 years too, so really it's, it's kind of the same situation. Uh, they're close most years in the playoffs, and they end up losing, um, you know, to to a team that's better than them. Like the Patriots, in some cases, or or um, I guess the Steelers have beaten the playoffs too at some point. But um, yeah, no, they're kind of a very similar team to what we have up down in New Orleans. So. Yeah, yeah, I like everything. Everything you said. There's not much to add there. Yeah, I like the Ravens. I like the way they're coached. I like the way they play ball. I'm in for them. They're fun. Um, but I'm a diehard who that, so at the end of the day, Ravens can still keep that shit over in Baltimore. I ain't, I ain't worried about that. Um, so so the basically the summarization is the Atlanta Falcons were everybody got a so you get one point for a fifth place uh, hate, two points for a fourth place hate, three points for a third place hate, five points for a fourth place hate, and nine points for a first place hate. So the Falcons ended up getting 110 points. The Vikings were 25 at 2. Dallas finished 3rd overall with 19 points. The Niners finished 4th with 18 points right behind Dallas. So, you know, flip, flip. The Rams were number 5 with 14 points. And then rounding out the top 10, we had Chicago as the 6th most hated team. The Cleveland Browns. As the seventh, that's a weird one for me. The Cleveland Browns, the Cleveland Browns finish ahead of the Seahawks. Yeah. And then the Washington Redskins at nine, and the Chargers at eight. The Carolina Panthers are so shitty, they didn't make our top ten. Just want, I just want to point that out there, and it's only going to get worse, because now you don't got a quarterback that's going to be running around keeping plays alive for you. Christian McCaffrey better stay healthy. That's all I can say. Um, the, the, the one man team, yeah. Yeah, the that was a you know on on a on a side note about Christian McCaffrey, I did not know that he has the most receptions. He's second to Michael Thomas for their first what is it first three seasons or something like that. He has three hundred and three catches. That's insane. As a running back, that he's right behind Michael Thomas. That's well, just, I, I did I did watch just the other day. I was watching. I was doing something in my house and I had time to watch so I turned on the the Panthers Saints game when Joey Sly missed the kicks in the dome this past year awesome and I I swear to all that I believe in that McCaffrey touched the ball on literally 13 straight plays you're like dump off pass dump off pass hand off dump off pass green game dump off pass like it's just 13 times in a row like that's all he did was just catch little little dump offs and he'd like scat like you know, scat back his way to like five, seven yards, and it was over and over and over and over again. It was insane. I thought I was watching the same play on like on rewind. I didn't know what was happening. He's like the Madden code, you know, and you like yeah. you learn how to use a player in Madden, and you just can't be stopped. That's yeah. what he is. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's incredible. Um, I do appreciate the game. Yeah. So the teams that that people liked as Saints fans, obviously the Baltimore Ravens were number one, um, along the personalities. 
and the Buffalo Bills were number two. And then there was a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of teams yeah. that were at uh, tied together, together at the third place team. But, um, yeah, I'm jittery tonight, man. I'm tired. Uh, and then, so yeah, that, that was it. That was a fun, it was a fun exercise to do. Um, took some time. The people seem, you know, to really like it. Chris, Chris Rosvogel gave us the best feedback on it. It was just like, yeah, man, I love this idea. And I was like, that's awesome. I love when someone likes an idea like that. And he shouted us out, which is awesome. Elias gave us a nice shout out too. Um, on, uh, on Twitter, which was wicked. And Ross gave us a shout out and, um, I'm trying to think. Good feels. Good feels. I'm glad we got to talk to all 10 people, too, man. That was, that was cool. Like we, yeah, it was wicked. And, uh, yeah, so now we have something coming up in the next, the next week or so. Tell the people. Tell the people. What we got coming up? Some, some NHL, NBA comps. So some of the greatest players that played in the NBA or NHL and how they compare to, uh, or, or who they compare most to. Not just, not, not just NHL, but NHL, MLB, NBA, soccer. We got it all in there. So yeah. let's give the people an example, Justin. We'll, we'll give them an example. We'll pick a player on the Saints. Someone that somebody knows. Someone that, uh, well, you, you kind of had... What about number nine? Uh, give us give us a comp for number nine. Oh, man. You, I, I like the one you put, you put John Stockton. John Stockton and? And I, who was the other guy I'm looking at? Oh, and it was uh, Wayne... Gretzky. There you go. So Drew Brees is a compliment of John Stockton and Wayne Gretzky. How does that figure? Well, Wayne, Wayne Gretzky is always, you know, two or three plays ahead of everybody else. Drew Brees comes out and goes through all of his progressions before the game. You know what I mean? Like, that's the coolest thing about Drew. He is so prepared that he's always a couple steps ahead of everybody. So because he's a couple steps ahead of everybody, that's why he's Gretzky to me. Great passer, couple steps there already. John Stockton, unselfish, even keel, stone face, ready to go, never, never too elevated when things go badly, or when they're going great. You know, he's just, he's just there. And I think Drew's uh, very similar to John Stockton in that light. And, and, and an absolute distributor, <laughs> just a distributor. Oh yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. That's that's to be yeah. And then another one I had. Uh, a spoiler alert. We're we're gonna go through the actual list later, but the on defense, I want to shout out my boy from Manitoba, David Onyemata, and I said Zach Randolph and Antonio Davis, both NBA guys. Yeah. Cause Zebo is mean. You know, and Zebo's got that look to him where it doesn't look like he won't punch you in the face. It looks like he might punch you in the nose for just saying the wrong thing. Um. And Antonio Davis, who is just like a lunch pail guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he just, he go to work, and he's banging, and he doesn't doesn't ask for much, doesn't need much accolades, doesn't need a lot of flair or love, doesn't, doesn't need his name, you know, set out loud on the telecast a lot. But then at the end, you're like, dang, he had 16 points and 15 rebounds, three blocks, two assists, you know, a steal. And you're like, that's a, that's a game. And that's David Onyemata, you know, get a couple hits in the backfield, maybe a sack, play well against the run, and you're like, this guy had a good game. But you don't give him that love, you know what I mean? He just does it, he just does it a different way. He's not flashy. He doesn't get, yeah. to, he doesn't get to stack levels like Cam Jordan, but you, every, everybody's got to fit in that toolbox, right? I always tell my kids when I coach, I said, listen, if I'm building a house, I, and I say this always in tryouts, but I go, if I'm building a house, I need, I'm going to go and buy the best tools. Because that's, that's where i got to live. So I say, when I'm making this team, you need to understand something. This is my house. This is my toolbox. You guys are my toolbox. I'm not going to build a house with bad tools. So I'm going to find the best possible tools I can. And if you don't fit in my toolbox, nothing I can do for you. You know what I mean? And the kids, they, they get it, and I'm just like, it's, it's just such a good analogy, being like, not everybody can be 1A, you know what I mean? Like, not everybody can be Cam Jordan, stacking levels and getting 17 sacks in a season, and you know, on Center and all that stuff. Like, that, no. There's got to be someone in the middle, eating up two, you know, eating up two blockers, so, so that he can get there. And I, and I think David Onimata got paid. Because they know that he can do that, and he has been doing that, yeah. so it's it's pretty interesting, and I and I'm pretty I'm pretty proud of him that he got paid because you know kid from 
you know, Winnipeg, you know, out there playing ball. Uh, that's pretty cool, man. That's that's a pretty cool story. For sure. I'm all about it, man. I wish you would come talk to us one day about that, too. That'd be super cool. You know what? At some, you know, at some point, we're going to break him down. He's going to come talk to us. He's going to be like, I got to talk to these guys. They're blowing up my DMs. You know what? You know what we're gonna do? Okay, that's it. I just I just came up with an idea. Do you have any shame, Justin? I got no shame. Okay, we're gonna do the the David Anyamata two a days. We're gonna call it the David Anyamata two a days, and we're gonna hashtag it David Anyamata two a days, and we are going to tweet him twice a day each until he responds back. We're gonna we're gonna tweet, we're gonna tweet him. We're gonna be like, David, you coming on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's all right. We could still put in the in the in the title line. David Anamata joins the Hudak Kids podcast. <laughs> uh, man. Nah, yeah, I'd do it. we're doing it. We're doing the David Anamata two days until he replies and says no, or until he joins us. Yeah, either or. One of those things has to happen. Some one of uh, something's got to get. I hope he doesn't give us the no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! He better not social. He better not social distance us. That's not what I'm. I'm not about that life. <laughs> social media distance. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! So what else? Yeah, what else we got going on? now where Justin and I are talking about you know upgrading upgrading our equipment upgrading me as well Jesus I'm tired Um, we're going to upgrade our equipment uh, at some point in time in the near future so the audio will be much better and uh, for those of you that we have a lot of listeners in Germany which is pretty cool Justin I was looking at analytics so that's pretty cool but uh, for our listeners that are out there you're going to get better audio um, because right now it's atrocious I know but the talking points is there you know we're 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 true Saints fans, we're, with a dedicated knowledge. You know we don't know everything. Like I'm not Nick Underhill. I think Nick is the the here all end all. You know he knows all of the ins and outs. He's the he's the best compliment um, amongst all the people I think that we know. Right? He knows all the X's and O's. He he's in touch with the PFF stuff. And he talks to the players, and he's you know in the know in the locker room and what's going on. So, I would say him and Ross are the two guys yeah. that, that I would really lean on in that in that context. So, we're not the exactly exactly. But guess what? We would get the forward sometimes, or we we we'd be in there somewhere. You know what I mean? And and they they take the time to speak to us. Obviously, so that means something. And uh, yeah. I I don't need I don't need to be validated by anybody else because. At the end of the day, I know you know, we, we both love the Saints. We both know what we're doing, and we have a good time doing it. I love it, and uh, yeah, man. All those times those guys come and chill with us, I'm appreciative. If they use our ideas, flattery, you know, uh, it's flattering. That's why that's flattering to me. I'm I'm okay with it. For sure, man. But yeah, man. Okay, well let's 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 do let's do a little impromptu thing to get out of here because like we're we're only at forty four minutes, so we're good. We we'll go five more minutes if we have to. I'm thinking to myself because you know somebody bit our idea and they said what did they say they said the top five top five most yeah okay so going into two thousand and twenty Jesus I can't believe I said two thousand and twenty makes me feel old 
going into 2020, what are or who are the five most feared players for you going into this season? On our schedule or in the NFL? Yeah, on general? our schedule. Because, yeah, we're not worried about the NFL because if, if we don't play a team, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, for me, one guy that sticks out immediately is Patrick Mahomes, obviously, but also his counterpart, Tyreek Hill. Those, okay. those two are like a combination. If you can't get That's fair. Like, That's fair. Um, Gronkowski, he, uh, he, he strikes a little fear in my heart. Uh, a thin, a th- yeah, a thin, a thin Gronkowski scares me because he is, he is a football player. I think Gronkowski is like the prototype of a football player. So he's on my list. Who else is on your list? Uh, I, I don't want, I'm not afraid of him, but I'm afraid of what he can do and then how that would change or, or not change. It would maintain the narrative. Aaron Rodgers coming into the dome and uh, giving you know the same defense some work or something, and then kind of just you know maintaining the narrative that he's above Drew Brees because he beat Drew Brees' team's defense, not he didn't beat Drew Brees himself. You know, like that that would piss me off if we lost to the to the Tigers. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah, Josh Jacobs is my second one. So Josh Jacobs is a very good running back. And I'm uh, I'm not a fan of us going into see Josh Jacobs at any point in time. I'm not I'm not looking forward to that. So um, Josh Jacobs is on mine. Yeah, another guy that kind of might strike some fear. And yeah, it's a, it's another combination though. It's going to be a Jerry Judy and and Cortland Sutton combination. Yeah. Because we're going to Denver at a on a three game road trip and. I feel like those two guys, like one of them is going to give Janoris Jenkins, Jenkins some work. I'm not sure which one, but, um, but those two guys, just because they're unknown as a tandem, and, and they might become like the next, like, based on what I can see from Jerry Judy with his route running and stuff, and, you know, with obviously against Scrubs that he's, he's running against on his Twitter videos, but his, his footwork and his finesse is pretty ridiculous. So if those two guys become like a, a, a lesser man. You know, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, like if that's what they're going to start out, they, by week 13 when we play them, or 12, whatever week it is, they might start finding their groove and, and maybe they'll work well with each other. So those two together kind of scare me a little bit. Um, the next one I've got is actually, <laughs> I hate to say it, Deion Jones. Oh, oh he just, I, I hate him and I respect him. Yeah. And it just, there's enough said. He's just a scary dude, man. I just he plays so well against the Saints. Yeah, he hits sure. he hits a complete a completely different gear when he plays us. Um, so yeah, he's my third guy. Uh, after watching the game I watched the other day, McCaffrey because he's gonna be given all the touches next year. Like the damage he can do if he's you know getting into a rhythm. Uh, obviously that would be not great against uh, against the Saints and, and never is but especially now next year because Teddy's there and, and they're going to want to you know let Teddy get comfortable to start the game off and that'll be his his, his comfort blanket right was just giving it to, to Christian the whole game so the things that he'll do next year in the offense that, that Joe Brady's going to be running like I don't know um, yeah. yeah he's always a, a fearful person as, as a Saints fan and I think especially now that he's going to be featured more Yeah, uh, my fourth guy is going to be Nick Bosa. Um, he got hurt against us, and he still had a good game. I think he's a terrifying defensive player. He's a really good defensive player. Um, in every facet of the game, like he's not just a good rushing the passer guy. He's the good at football. So, um, the same way I feared Aaron Donald. And this is yeah. this is high praise. I I fear Nick Bosa. I think he's better. He's the better of the two Bosa brothers, in in my sure. opinion. So, um, I fear him coming into the dome, because he can disrupt what what we're doing. So, yeah, Nick Bosa. Uh, I guess my last one. Um, I'm trying to think, like maybe the whole if the whole Chargers secondary is healthy. Now they have Chris Harris Jr., they have Derwin James, they have... Uh, I was going to say Derwin James, yeah. 
It's not Jason Verrett because he got hurt. Yeah, no, it's another dude. Oh, Cameron Hayward. Cameron Hayward, yeah, from Green Bay. Yeah. Oh, no, then who is it? Is it Casey Hayward? No, who is it? Casey Hayward, Casey Hayward. It's Casey Hayward, yeah. Yeah, so, so that, those three dudes, man, that, that's a ridiculous secondary all of a sudden. So I think they might be kind of fear, like fearsome as, as they, you know, start to gel together. Granted, it's in the Dome on Monday Night Football uh, early in September, I think, or week four, week five. So maybe they won't quite have, you know, their, their scheming down yet, but they might just find a groove at that point. And the Chargers, Saints connection, you know, it's always lingering there a little bit too. So I don't know. Yeah, those, those guys kind of strengthen the field to me a little bit. But My last one is just, I'm just done with it. I'm done with this team. I just want to be ridded of all the bad memories and just move on. And hopefully it can be a Christmas miracle. I'm scared of Dalvin Cook being yeah. being the running back. If it's not Josh Jacobs, I feel like it'll be Dalvin Cook to be the first running back to get 100 yards against the Saints um, on the ground rushing So in a long time. So, yeah, um, he was close in the playoffs last year. He was like yeah, they, they, they started spreading that ball out, and they started throwing him screen pa- or um, dump-off passes in the flats instead of running it because we're, we're starting to send guys into running lanes on blitzes. So they actually countered by throwing the ball in the flats, which is just a simple, you know, simple counter, but we couldn't, anyways, I'm not going to get into it. It's just, it's annoying. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm done with it. Say that for another day. So, yeah. so we'll, we'll get up on this uh, party, and I, I like that little impromptu thing we just did, and, uh, and we'll start to roll off the NBA, NHL, MLB, soccer, badminton. <laughs> you find me a ping pong player. You find me a ping pong player to equate to Nick Lutz, or to Big Nuts Lutz. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm all up there. the whole Chinese database. I'm on it. <laughs> all right, man. Well, that was a lot of fun for all you Hootat fans out there. Remember what we say, keep it simple. Enjoy your life. Life is good. Life is gravy. Stay healthy. Justin, Hootat. Hootat, buddy. All right, man. Take care.